Take your Bibles this evening. Go with me to the book of Joshua, chapter number 25. Joshua, chapter number 25. I want to thank the Lord for the opportunity to preach. I was thinking on the way over here, I ain't preached in a week and a half. So I'm about to go stir crazy, all right? So y'all just bear with me this evening. I will say this. Um, the Lord's been so good to us in these last few months. Um, We've been here a couple of times in the last three or four months. But the last time we was here, got to preach. I was thinking about that. This evening was in March, I believe it was, uh, first Wednesday night in March. And uh, since that time, we've, uh, we were sitting right around 8% of our support at that point. Uh, but I'm thankful that the Lord has actually grown that. We actually had two people, or an individual and a church, take us on on Sunday. We're now sitting right at 14% of our support, and I praise God for it. Amen. Glad God's still working. God's still moving. They said it's hard to raise support. And don't get me wrong, it is a little hard. But you know what? God's been faithful. He's done it every step of the way. He's provided need after need after need after need. He's been so faithful, and I'm thankful for it. If you find your place this evening, stand with me. Joshua chapter number 24. That's in the New Testament, right before the book of Revelation. Some of y'all get that after a while, all right? Joshua chapter number 24. I do want to say this. Uh, if you would, I meant to make mention of this previously, but if you'd like to be on our prayer or our mailing list, uh, we'll, if you want to get with me after church, give me your email address. I'll put you on there. You'll get a copy of that every time so that way you uh, can see that. But Joshua chapter number 24 this evening. Look with me at verse number 15. I'll read one verse of scripture and then you can be seated this evening. Joshua chapter number 24, verse number 15. The Bible says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fa- which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer this evening. Our dimly Father, as we come into your presence to pray, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege the opportunity that you've given me to stand and preach your word. Lord, thank you, Lord, for my pastor and the confidence that he has in us to be able to stand and fill the pulpit in his absence. Lord, I'm thankful for the confidence that he has in us. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be counted faithful. Lord, you put us in the ministry all those years ago. Lord, I'm thankful for that. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege to be able to serve you, Lord, as a missionary, raising support, going to prisons of America. Lord, I want to thank you that you called me, put me in your ministry. Lord, you provided every step of the way. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you touch now and you bless. Lord, I need a fresh touch. I need a fresh anointing. Lord, I need a touch, and a f- the feeling of the Holy One that I so desperately stand in need of this evening. Lord, you'd put a watch care about my mouth. Help me not to do or say anything that will grieve or quench your Holy Spirit. But Lord, help me to do and say everything that you want said and done for your honor and your glory. Well, thank you. We'll praise you, for it's in your Son's holy, wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. As we look in this passage of Scripture this evening, I was, uh, I'm drawn to a phrase here where the Bible says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. And all throughout life, we make choices. Every one of you that's here this evening, you made the choice 
to be here this evening. You didn't have to be here. It wasn't an obligation. Some of you may have felt like it was an obligation, but you didn't have to be here. You could have stayed at the house, but you made the choice to get a, go ahead and get up and get dressed and come to the house of God. And we, during in everyday life, we constantly make choices. We make the choice to get out of the bed and go to work the next day and different things like that. We're constantly making choices. But I begin to think about this. I begin to think about this matter of choosing and I begin to think about the uh, applying it to the Christian life and about how that we have choices in our Christian life that we all have to make. And there's some different things that I want to try to bring out to you this evening. If you'll bear with me, just follow along with me. We're going to, I'm going to talk about a couple of different things and I want to try to give you what the Lord's laid on our heart this evening. But in Genesis chapter number 13, Lot, he makes the choice to pitch his tent towards Sodom. He makes the choice to pitch his tent towards that wicked place. He makes his choice not just to pitch his tent toward it, but to eventually end up down there in it and end up a ruler of the city. And we see how that ended, how he lost his character. He lost his companion. He lost his children. He lost everything that he had simply because he didn't make the right choice. There's been times in this life when, to be honest with you, I hadn't made the right choice for the David and I've had to pay the consequences for it. You've made wrong choices in this life and you've had to pay the consequences. But let's be honest this evening. Nobody sets out to make the wrong choice. Nobody sets out with their goal in mind. Brother David, I'm going to mess this up just as bad as I possibly can. I'm going to do everything wrong. I'm going to make it so they don't want me back. No, every single day we get up, we want to make the right choice. We want to make the best impression. We want to do things right. In the Christian life, shouldn't be no different. I want to preach this the next few moments on this simple little thought. Making the right choice. Making the right choice. Number one this evening, I want to make mention of this. You need to make the right choice about salvation. You say, preacher, what's so important about salvation? You can't get to the next two without getting the first one taken care of. In order to get to heaven this afternoon, you've got to make the choice. When the Holy Ghost of God deals with your heart, you've got to make that choice to accept that free gift. You've got to make the choice to accept what He's offering or reject that. Here's the thing about it this evening. Most of the time we get to that point and we make that choice and we get saved, Brother David, and that's as far as it goes. We stop and we stagnate there. We're thinking, well, we're saved and I don't need to do anything else now. Hey, there's more to this Christian life than just being saved. But in order to get to that part, in order to get to the rest of the story, if you will, you've got to first be saved. You say, preacher, what is it about this being saved business? Why do I need to make this choice? Well, number one, salvation is free. It's paid for, praise God. He said it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. How many of y'all likes free stuff this evening? I do. I like going to Costco on Saturday, walking through there, getting the samples, praise God. But guess what? They're free, hallelujah. You think I'd walk up to one of them tables and pick up one of them nasty looking things and give it a shot if I had to pay for it? Are you kidding me? I tried something the other day and I don't know what in the world it was. But I had to hold my nose to try it. So preacher, I wouldn't have tried it. I'll try anything once. 
But here's the thing about it. The only reason why I tried it is because it's free. When I go to a restaurant, Brother Dave, you know what I do? I get the same thing. I don't experiment. Why? Because I know what I like and I know what I'm willing to pay for. I don't want to pay for something nasty. But you know what? Salvation, you don't have to pay for it. Jesus paid the, tent, the sin debt uh, over 2,000 years ago uh, when he died and shed his blood for your sin. Uh, hey, he didn't go to the cross and stop there. Uh, oh, no, friend. Uh, he went to the grave. Uh, and three days later, up from the grave, he arose uh, with a mighty triumph over his foes. Uh, hey, God's not dead this evening. Uh, he is alive and well. Uh, and he lives on the inside. Why is that? Because I'm saved. I'm saved this evening. I took part of that free stuff. Every time I see something down through this life that says free, you know what it does? Catches my attention. I think, oh, let me take a look at that. And if it ain't something I'm willing to do, guess what I do? I move. I just move on. You say, preach, what is it? It's free. It ain't costing me nothing to leave it. It ain't costing me nothing to try it. But here's the thing about it this evening. Salvation it's free. Somebody paid your sin debt. And it wasn't you, and it wasn't me, and it wasn't the Pope, and it wasn't anybody else. It was none other than the darling Lamb of God. The one that John saw in John chapter 1, verse number 29, when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Salvation this evening is free. It's paid for. Not only that, it's finished. It's been perfected. <laughs> now, I like, I like trying new things. But I'll tell you what I don't like. The bugs that come with new things. Now, I work in the cell phone industry. Y'all know that. Back when this Galaxy S9 first came out in April, guess what everybody was doing? Man, they was flocking to it like crazy. They was buying it like crazy. Had a guy call me. He said, would you buy it? I said, no, sir. He said, why? You're not an Android fan? I said, no. The bugs just had not been worked out yet. Do you realize that with anything that comes out, there's always kinks that has to be worked out? Matter of fact, you even mentioned it in your email brother, the other day about this new software that the church is trying to do. You know what they got to do? They got to work the kinks out. Why? Because it hadn't been perfected yet. It's not finished yet. Hey, can I tell you this afternoon, my salvation's finished. It's been perfected. I didn't have to do anything to get it. I don't have to do anything to keep it. Why? Because the Holy Ghost of God, the darling Lamb of God, when He went to the cross, shed His blood and died for my sin he finished everything that needed to be done he said not of works lest any man should boast now let's be honest it ain't what whenever a project starts there'll be some people that'll get credit for that but you know who really gets the credit brother Wilson it's those that are there when it's finished those that get their name. You ever, whenever you're watching a movie or something, you know how they have the credits rolling on there? You know who gets the credit for that? Whenever they roll them credits, guess what? It's the people that participated. But the director of it, guess what? His name's always bigger. Why is that? Because he was the one that perfected it. He was the one that made sure it was finished. Hey, can I tell you what Jesus Christ did for you and me? He perfected our salvation. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. We didn't have to do anything for it other than accept it. Why is that? Because it's finished. It's perfected. Number three, 
is forever. <laughs> I couldn't get out of the Father's hand this evening. But Langston said one time, said that somebody told him, said, well, I'll just walk out of the Father's hand. He looked at him before he even thought about it, said, well, you better pack your lunch. It's going to be a mighty long walk. <laughs> hey, can I tell you this evening, according to the New Testament, I believe it's the book of John, Jesus said, I and my Father are one, and no man can pluck them out of the Father's hand. Hey, can I tell you this afternoon, I'm not just saved, I'm eternally saved. I'm not just saved, but I'm eternally saved. Hey, I couldn't get lost this evening if I wanted to. And praise God, I don't want to. But guess what? It's not me that's keeping me saved. It's Him that's keeping me saved. It's forever this evening making the right choice about salvation. Can I tell you this evening, I don't know who's here. Just about everybody here I know. But I do know this. I've been in church long enough to know this. It's always a possibility somebody's here lost. Can I tell you, make the right choice. I don't know what your spiritual condition is, but can I tell you this evening, make the right choice. Make the right choice about salvation. Number two this evening, make the right choice about surrender. Turn with me real quickly to Isaiah chapter, or 1 Samuel chapter number 3. Excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter number 3. 1 Samuel chapter number 3. Look with me at verse number 9. You know the passage of Scripture here, how that Samuel, he's, heard, he's hearing his name uh, mentioned during the night. And he goes to Eli, and Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Verse number nine, the Bible says, Therefore Eli came unto, or said unto Samuel, Go lie down. It shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went down and lay down and went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel answered and said, Speak, for thy servant heareth. You know what he was literally saying? Lord, here I am. Whatever you need, I can do it. Make the right choice about salvation. Number two, this evening, make the right choice about surrender. You know what the next step in your Christian life is after salvation? It's surrender. You say, preacher, what do you mean surrender? Well, I got three things I want to give you, and this is not all of them, but I feel like these are probably three of the most important ones. Number one, surrender your time. If God can get your time, He'll get everything else. Surrender your time. You say, preacher, what do you mean surrender my time? Does that mean i got to be in church all the time? that mean i got to be in church 24 hours a day, 7 days a week? No, but you got to be willing to do what God needs done. You know what I see from Samuel? Samuel was willing to do whatever it took to do what God wanted. Willing to surrender your time. Number two this evening, not only willing to surrender your time, Willing to surrender your talents. Now I'll be honest with you this evening, I don't sing. I attempt it every once in a while. I tell people all the time, my wife can sing. I tell people all the time, say whenever my wife sings, people take out their appointment books. But whenever I get up to preach, they put them back up, Brother Wilson. <laughs> but you know what? I don't have a talent to sing. I don't have a talent to be able to do a lot of things, but you know what I do have? I can walk up to anybody on the street, it don't matter who it is. Brother David, I can walk up to him and strike up a conversation with him. I don't meet a stranger. You say, preacher, why is that? I don't know. It wasn't that way when I was 16. If you'd have met me when I was a 16-year-old boy, I was shy and backwards as y'all get out. But you know what? 
God changed that and He gave me the ability to be able to talk to people. You know what? This evening, you might not have many talents, but what I can tell you is you can give them to God. You can give them to God. And can I be honest with you, this evening, God can take your few talents and He can do so much more with them than what you can with them. See, the one talent that God has given me, you know what it's developed into? It's developed into a, missionary, into a ministry, Brother David. You know why? Because I walk in them prisons and I don't meet a stranger in there. They walk in, you ask Brother Chris, hey, hey, how you doing? I mean, as soon as they walk in the door, me and Chris the same way. You know what? It's a benefit in what God has called me to do. You think if I walked in there all shy and backwards, them men would have a heyday with me. I mean a heyday. But you know what? God's given me the ability to do And I'm not painting no roses on myself. Please don't take it that way. But you know what I have done? I've tried my best by the grace of God to surrender what little talent I do have for the honor and the glory of God. Number three this evening, I'm going to move on. Get, uh, make the right choice about salvation. Make the right choice about surrender. Surrender your time. Be willing to. And can I say this? It goes a whole lot further than just being at church. But whenever the preacher says, hey, I need you to do something for me, you know what that is? That's surrendering your time. Because to be honest, let's be honest, there ain't much that you do for the church that does pay. Is that right? So you know what you're doing? Whenever you're volunteering, you're giving your time for the honor and the glory of God. Be willing to do that. Not only that, be willing to give your talents. But thirdly, and i gotta move, I got to move past this one quickly. I'll get hung up here. Be willing to surrender your tithe. Amen. You know why I think God's not blessing people like He used to? Because we're not tithing like we should. And this is not my, this, I'm not the pastor here, so I'm not going to labor here, but I will tell you this don't rob God. You've heard the old saying, been there, done that, got the t shirt. Been there, done that, got that t shirt. Don't rob God. Can I promise you something? God will get it somehow, some way. And it's a whole lot better to live with 90% under a blessing than it is to live with 100% under a curse. Surrender this evening. Make the right choice about surrender. Make the right choice about uh, salvation, number three, and I'm done. Make the right choice about service. Turn with me quickly to Isaiah chapter number six. Isaiah chapter six, verse number eight. (laughs) Isaiah chapter six, verse number eight. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8. The Bible says here in verse number 8, He said, And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? And listen what the next few words says. Then said I, Here am I. And look at what the next two words is. Send me. You know, you can, the old saying is, You can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink. You know, God can put an opportunity to serve him right in front of you, but he won't make you do that. You know what God can do? God can give you the ability to do something, but God's not going to make you do something. Brother David, I look at people all over. I'm in different churches every single Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night typically. You know what I see, Brother David? I see people that are sitting on a church pew that have amazing talents, 
that could really do something for God. But you know what? They won't sell out and surrender. They're saved. They're saved by the grace of God. They're going to heaven whenever they leave this walk of life. But they're not surrendered. Make the right choice about service. Or make the right choice about salvation. Make the right choice about surrender. But thirdly, make the right choice about service. Three things about service. Number one, God needs loyal people. God needs dependable people. I remember there's been a few times that I've, whenever I own my own business, I'd call people and say, hey, can you come work with me? Or I'd hire a fellow for a day or two just to see how he'd work out. And you know what I figured out? They're not dependable. A lot of people nowadays, you know why unemployment rates are high in this country? It ain't because there ain't jobs. It's because people don't want to work. They're not dependable. They'll show up 15, 20 minutes late. They won't show up at all. They won't show up for two or three days and they want to still have a job. God don't need people like that. God's got people like that. They're sitting in our independent fundamental Bible believing premillennial fundamental King James Bible preaching Baptist churches all over this land. God needs dependable people. God needs people that if He says, hey, I want you to do this, He can consider it done. Can I put it that way? Whenever I give somebody a job to do, whenever I've been in management before, Brother David, and you know this to be true as well, when you give someone a job to do, you know what you're expecting? You're expecting that job to be done. When God gives you a job to do, you know what He's expecting? He's expecting for it to be done. And He doesn't want it half done neither. He wants it done right the first time. Y'all okay? Some of y'all's looking at me like y'all getting real mad at me. But you know what? That's just Bible preaching. He said, and whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it heartily with all thy might. That means put everything you got into it. Be loyal. About, make the right choice about service. Be loyal. Number two, make the right choice about service. Be loving. And it's more than just saying, I love you. But it's demonstrating that love. I still remember the day, September 21st, 2012, when those back doors opened and my wife, or my future wife-to-be, came walking through those doors back there and stopped at that aisle. And then the wedding mark, or the song that we had, that uh, we had recorded together, y'all heard how I couldn't sing that day. <laughs> but the song that we had recorded together began to play and she began to walk up the aisle and she walked up the steps here. Now, actually, she walked to the bottom of the steps and I walked down there to the bottom of the steps and her dad joined my hand in hers and we walked up the steps together and stood before the preacher and he, he, I went through the ceremony, but it came time to do the rings. You know what I did? I had a ring for her. You know why? I was demonstrating that I love her. You know what? Every time my wife looks down at her wedding ring, you know what she, can t- you know what she knows? He loves me. You know what, every time I pick up this Bible, I know He loves me. You know what, every time you pick up this Bible, you can know He loves you. He died for you. He cares for you. He said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. But you know what, He doesn't need people that's just going to say, Lord, I love you. He needs people that's going to demonstrate that they love Him. You know what he needs? He needs people that's going to be willing to go to Guatemala. He needs people that's going to be willing to go out and leave the comforts of the home church and go out and serve God. 
And maybe he just needs people that have served God here, that have show up on visitation on Saturday mornings, that'll be here every time the doors are open, that'll back the preacher up while he preaches, that'll say amen at least 25 times. Be loyal, be loving. Number three, and I'm done. Be lifelong. Be durable. I've got some dicky pants at the house, and you know what I love about them? I've had, I've had the pair I've got right now. I've had them for about five or six years, Brother David. Y'all don't believe that, do you? But I promise you I have. But you know what I love about them? I can go mow a yard in them. I can go change the oil and the vehicles in them. I can do whatever I need to do in them things. You know what? I can take them in there and I can wash them. And the next day or two, I can put them back on and they look just as good as they did start with. Now, sure, they're looking a little older. But you know what they've done? They've stood up. They've stood the test of time, if you will. And can I be honest with you this evening? You know what else has stood the test of time in this life? Our Bible. Our friend. Our Lord. You know what we need to do? Whenever the storms come raging, stay with Him. Whenever the storms come raging, hey, can I be honest? Whenever the storms are raging and the waves are at its highest, it's not time to jump ship. It's time to stay in the ship. We're standing all over the house, heads bowed, eyes closed. While they play on the pen, I wonder, do you need to do business with God this evening? Have you made the right choice? Have you made the right choice about salvation? You might be here this evening and say, Preacher, I'm here this evening and I'm not saved. Preacher, would you pray for me? I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I wouldn't do that for anything in the world, but I do want to pray for you. Just by way of an uplifted hand, there would be one this evening and say, Preacher, I'm not saved. Preacher, I've never made that first choice. Preacher, I'm not saved. Preacher, if I was to die right now, I'd go to hell without God. Anybody will wait just a second. I wonder, by way of no uplifted hands in here this evening, everybody in here this evening is saved by the grace of God. I wonder this evening, have you made the right choice? Are you surrendered? Are you sold out, lock, stock, and barrel? Lord, you can have anything you want. Lord, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever you want in my life. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, you can have it. Lord, I'll do it. Are you surrendered? Number two this evening, are you serving? Maybe you've grown slack in your service. You know what I'd do this evening? I'd come get some fire about me again. I'd come ask the Lord, Lord, give me something. Fire me up again. Stir the fires up again. You say, Preacher, why? Because it is so very vitally important in this Christian life that we be fiery Christians, not cold Christians, but be fiery Christians so that that way when the world looks at us, they see somebody that's on fire, not the same way that they are. Heavenly Father, as we come to Your presence to pray, I want to thank You for this day. Thank You for Your many blessings. Thank You for the privilege and the opportunity to stand and preach Your Word. Lord, take this message now. Lord, use it for Your honor and Your glory. Bless this time of invitation. And we'll thank You and we'll praise You for it's in Your Son's holy, wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen and amen. As they sing a verse of a song, some of you's altars, if you need to come, you come do business with God.